With spring right around the corner, maybe you like me, you're excited to get out for longer walks and runs, pick up a new book to read outside, or just get out and explore new neighborhoods and food. Or we could do all three wrapped in one. Our friends over at Read and Run Chicago are expanding to nearby Lamont for three different meetups. The group is like a combination running club, book club, and neighborhood tour, and each route in Lamont is about three miles paired with a different book from Pat Camaliere's Corotazi Historical Mystery Series. Afterwards, you'll get to sit down with the author and historian and sample some food from local restaurants. The first run is Saturday, March 23rd. Spots are limited and are going to go fast. So register now at readandrunchicago.com or find the link on their Instagram at readandrunchicago. Today on CityCast Chicago. While you're enjoying your extra day of February, let's go on ahead and look forward to what March has in store. I'm here with executive producer Samoa Alisea and producer Michelle Navarro with your monthly guide to Chicago. It's Thursday, February 29th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago is Talking About. morning, Simone. Good morning, Jacoby. Morning, Michelle. How you feeling? Good morning. I'm feeling good. How are you feeling? I'm doing well. Honestly, I've started to look forward to these. It's been a great way for me to like organize my month. What are some events I definitely want to go to, some things I want to avoid, but also what are some important dates I need to be thinking about over the next few weeks? Because come on, us doing this job every day, some days we have no idea what day it is. We look up and it's already another month. And so these guides yep. have been really helpful. Um, here at CityCast Chicago, we're bringing you conversations five days a week to help you navigate city life. Whether it's talking about what's coming up in our next election or which events you should check out or why. Chicago is the birthplace of some of the coolest things in the world. So let's take a look at the month ahead. Simone. You are our resident trivia slash game master, and March is Women's History Month. So you cooked up a little Chicago women's history trivia quiz to kick us off here. It'll be Michelle versus me. May the best person win, Michelle. We will see. We will see. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a couple of few figures in Chicago history, a few women whom I think most of us know. All of us should know these people. Um, but just uh, get, getting some details. So say the word buzz if you think you know the answer. Whoever I hear first, I'll let you go. First question. Hazel M. Johnson is considered the mother of, an, of the environmental justice movement. Which Chicago public housing complex became Liz. the center of her work, Jacoby? Alt-Gale Garden. Shout out to the gardens, Wow Wow Hunnets. Yes, that is the Alt-Gale Gardens. Uh, Johnson dis uh, discovered that the South Side had higher rates of cancer and other illnesses and then realized that Alt-Gale Gardens was built on a, a site of a former landfill um, and was mm -hmm. sort of connecting these two things and uh, really spearheaded and sort of laid the groundwork for our modern environmental justice movement today. If people want to learn all about it, there's a great podcast called Help This Garden Grow that is all about the, the life of Hazel Johnson. And you can also hear from her daughter. Yeah. All right. Question number two. Jane Byrne was Chicago's first woman mayor. Uh, during her one term, workers at three major city agencies went on strike. Can you name two of those agencies? 
Whoa. You a beast for that one. I'm like, I thought you was going to say, what year was she elected? I know you guys know who Jane Byrne is. Our listeners know who Jane Byrne is. I was ready for you to go, what public housing does she pretend to live in? I was like, come break. They're all all public housing questions? No, no. Uh, We're talking about strikes. Talking about strikes. I do not know. Name me two Uh, city agencies. I'll... You can guess. There's no, there's no wrong, nothing wrong with guessing. I'm gonna go firefighters. That's one. Mm. Mm. Michelle, you got one. Mm. Police. Mm. Mm. No. So firefighters. CTA. Let's go with CTA. Firefighters and CTA. Oh, there you CTA go. was one of them. Ding, ding, so ding. the firefighters went on strike in 1980 for 23 days. Uh, it was a really, really big deal, really messy. Uh, there was a court injunction and the firefighters defied that injunction. The firefighters union had won a written contract that Byrne had promised on the campaign trail, but then Byrne seemed to renege on that. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I did a play on words there. I just heard Byrne and I was just like, fire. They they used the same play on words and they're, uh, yeah, course. the firefighters did. Uh, that was that was part of it as well. Uh, the CTA also went on strike for three days in 1979, and the transit system basically shut down. Like they, the trains and buses just weren't running. It was a massive, massive mm. issue. Uh, also, had been working without a contract. And then the third one was the teachers went on strike in 1980. That should have been an mm. easy guess, but for, for some reason, weeks. I was like, yeah, I, feel I like thought you weren't striking it. I they no go. no uh, the teachers had walked out to save jobs, which were under threat because the district was in a massive financial crisis and was forced to cut a bunch from the, from its operating budget. I love we could have focused on her accomplishments. And he was like, what three city institutions halted to the ground when she became mayor? <laughs> I thought it was an interesting fact. <laughs> I actually wonder, has CTA striked in the years since? I, I, I never have I've lived never heard of one. CTA yeah. Strike. I, yeah, I actually don't know that it has happened. I don't think it's happened since 79. Last question. Sandra Cisneros grew up in Chicago's Humboldt Park neighborhood in the 50s and 60s. Her titular house in her famous novel, The House on Mango Street, is inspired by her real life childhood home. But can you tell me what was the real name of the street that she grew up on? The street name, the actual street Uh, name. Home. I'm going to take a guess. Buzz? Yes, go for Uh, it. I'll say... I used to know this. I used to know this. Humboldt Park. Division? It is not Division. It would have been a much better question if it was Division, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Jacoby, do you know? I don't. I don't. Wait, take another guess. It's in Humboldt Park, so. Name a street in Humboldt Park. I don't know. Western run through Humboldt Park? It does run through Humboldt Park. It's like, yeah, but it wasn't Western. It was Campbell Avenue, Campbell. which is just west of Western, and the house was just south of North Avenue. It's kind of a small street. The house California. No, yeah, no. The house no longer <laughs> exists. It was demolished in 2004, but there are some similar homes on that street that were similar to the one that Cisneros was writing about and described uh, in her novel. I bet the listener felt just as cocky as I did after the first one. Because that first one was like, I was like, come on, all your guards. Them last two, G, you really are. It's not just you like trivia. You really are a trivia master, G, because them was them was in the weeds, G. Them was in the weeds. Again, I couldn't just be like, who is Chicago's first woman mayor? I knew you guys were going to get that one. 
I thought you was going to say iconic poet who has a high school named after him. I was going to be like, let's go. No. Big GB. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no one. Wrote anti-lynching documents. I had a B. I had yeah. a B. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you was finna. It's tough. Come, Macy Jemison or something. Like astronauts. I thought you was going to do something. Them was deep cuts. They they were deep. I didn't know. I didn't do Mahalia Jackson either. Right. Mm-hmm. There was like. Several. It, it's tough because I actually think a lot of our women's history we know quite well. And mm-hmm. so which is great. I love that. I love that for us. We've got no shortage of iconic women to talk about. And we uh, are talking about their history all the time. So I think it's great. The City of Chicago Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection offers a free entrepreneur certificate program for future and current business owners in Chicago. Participants must complete six webinars within six months in designated webinar categories. Graduates are eligible to apply for the CIBC Bank USA Entrepreneur Loan Program, a bank partner with BACP. The longstanding program was created to support startup or early stage small businesses, gain entrepreneur training with important working capital. Since the program launched, more than 1,000 Chicago entrepreneurs and business owners have successfully completed the program. Completing the process is as easy as one, two, three. Number one, register by signing up at chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. Number two, attend six webinars by registering for upcoming webinars at chicago.gov slash BACP webinars. And number three, graduate from the program and you'll receive your digital certificate and information on connecting with CIBC Bank USA. To learn more about the BACP Entrepreneur Certificate Program, please visit chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. From amazing trailblazing women in Chicago's history, some of the best places to take pictures this month. Uh, between spring flower shows, the improving weather, March is going to be a great time to get some photos off. Uh, coming up this month, we got St. Patrick's Day on the 17th. We got the spring equinox, a.k.a. Chicago Hinge on the 19th. Uh, Chicago Hinge, of course, being the time twice a year when the sun aligns perfectly with our east-west streets and St. Patrick's Day being when Chicago famously dyes the river green. So I want to have a little debate here. What do you think is the most Chicago or even the best Chicago photo of March? The Green River and all of these beautiful skyscrapers surrounding it, the river walk, the iconic Chicago bridges or Chicago Hinge. You can get multiple angles, but that that sun coming through, uh, it, it often just makes for a really dynamic shot. So, Michelle, let's start with you. You know, which one you you itching to get a picture of this year? You trying to get some Chicago Hinge, that perfect sunset, or you trying to get, you know, the, the, the Green River? I'm not going to lie. I could care less about the Green River. No disrespect <laughs> to my Irish Chicago homies. No no disrespect to the Plumbers Union. <laughs> no disrespect no. to them. No disrespect to them. But I am a sucker for sunsets. And I just think, like, that golden hour, mm-hmm. that sun, just, like, you know, just, like, flooding the streets. Like, you, you, you need to be, you know, downtown where, like, our, like, amazing world-class architecture meets just like this really beautiful yearly moment or I guess it's twice a year but 
yeah, I, I'm really excited to get out there. I'm for sure going to be among the crowds in the loop trying to get a, a cool photo. And, you know, I'm going to really try to like just take one picture and just like sit in the moment. I feel like I'm always like behind the screen when it's around these moments. And I'm going to try my best to just kind of like vibe it out and enjoy that um, that golden hour for a second. Uh, what about you, Jacoby? I love watching people compete downtown on Randolph Street for the best photo. And I've seen the photo now a thousand times from a thousand different cameras. But that photo on Randolph where you get all of those theater signs mm -hmm. in the background, like Vashon Jordan, shout out to Vashon. We talked to him on the podcast years ago. He has this amazing photo. You can see the Netherlander in the background just sort of like standing out. It's it's a it's a gorgeous Chicago Hinge photo. And yeah, I'm one of those people too. Like the like for as much as I did not come downtown as a kid, one thing I was aware that took place downtown as a kid was that river being died green. Mm -hmm. And so it was all like because the parade is happening, because it is all over WGN, it is something that I feel kind of over it because I've known it my whole life. And I think it's just easy to take a picture of. Like, there is no wrong angle. You stand at any point, get a get something in the background, a bridge or a skyscraper, and it looks good. Chicago Hinge takes skill. Yeah. For as much as you can just point and shoot, the sun coming into your lens is actually a very difficult thing to shoot with. And so to get the timing right, to get your angle right, to make sure you got your exposure right so that you can either get people or signs or cars or something in the background and you're not just sort of glared out, I think takes a ton of skill. And so personally, I think Chicago Hinge is a is a better photo to get. What about you, Simone? So is the question which one is the better photo or which one is the most Chicago photo? Mm. I, I think I've changed it to the better photo. But if we go back to the most <laughs> Chicago photo, it sounds like you asking this question because you want to go with the river. No. Uh, well, so I guess I, I, I've been debating this since we talked about like this came up as a topic and I've really been going back and forth because I don't know. Is something more Chicago if right? Because they're going to broadcast the Green River on Good Morning America or whatever. Exactly. Right. People across the country are going to see this and people across the country know that Chicago dies the river green for St. Patrick's Day and like they see it and they think Chicago does the fact that other people recognize it make it more Chicago or does Chicago Henge, which is a really a thing that I think only we think about and only we do. I was going to say, if you saw a picture of Chicago Henge and you saw the Nederlander, the mm -hmm. Cadillac Palace, the Joffrey, mm -hmm. the Block 37. I mean, the train is right there. So you see the L sort of going through it. And so that is like a giveaway. But I will say, let's be, if I sort of putting myself in the shoes of somebody who don't live here. If I just saw those signs of those theaters, I definitely would have no idea. I would probably yeah. quick twitch and be like, New York, all of those mm -hmm. theaters. Even if you recognize that it is Chicago, do you recognize the Chicago phenomenon that is occurring mm, with the alignment of the sun, et cetera? You just think it's a dope shot on the right uh, yeah. uh, in the theater district. That's a good point. That's a good point. And so, uh, you know, but but that's the question is the thing that's only for us. Does that make it more Chicago or does it being recognizable as Chicago? Does that make it more Chicago? I don't know. I really I feel like this is a philosophical that's really interesting question because I will say under this logic, dying the river green sort of feels like the the hot dog, the deep dish conversation. Mm -hmm. For some, it is deeply annoying. I'm over it. This makes no sense. Why are we doing this? Why do people care? But because of your point, 
you can't you can't tell me that the deep dish conversation, the the Chicago hot dog and some of these other annoying phenomena, the being whatever's your annoying phenomena, that those aren't quintessentially Chicago. Because we live here, we're overwhelmed by them or or annoyed by them. So to that point, the River Green might be a sort of more cliche, big picture, Ferris Bueller's Day Capital off. Capital C, Chicago, Chicago trademark. <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because I'm thinking about it. And it's like uh, the architecture along the river is really just really screams like quintessential Chicago versus mm-hmm. like like Jacoby mentioned, like just like looking down the theater district, looking down a busy street. So, yeah, I, I guess I am more excited for Chicago Henge, but. I do now agree that the river is like what they were known for, you know? Uh, the other thing I'll say to you, the other nice thing about Chicago Henge is you can also get some really great shots in the neighborhoods outside of downtown. I was going to say, mm-hmm. I have taken photos on 53rd Street straight up with some of very similar composition with some of the 53rd Street businesses in the background. But but you can get it across the city. Same up here, like on Argyle, especially when the, the Asia on Argyle sign was there. It's no longer there mm. because of construction on the red line. But when when the sign was there, like, and you saw the train kind of coming through and the sun, you know, kind of backlighting it, like, oh, just, just a if beautiful... If you can get that motion blur on a train, too, where it mm-hmm. looks in movement while everything else is sort that of... That long exposure. <sighs> Man, the best photo... We got to go ahead. The most Chicago photo, I think, honestly, I think I agree. I think that that damn pesky Green River. There is a chance we will come back to this question in March. So many people have it both in and out the city. Why does Chicago dye the river green? And, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get that answer for you. We want to know what other Chicago photo opportunities are there in March. If you're getting photos of these events, please share them with us. You can text them to us at 773-780-0246. You might also see them in our Hey Chicago newsletter on our website. You should bookmark it now, chicago.citycast.fm. Now, I'm speaking for myself with this next one because those first two things I found very exciting. Trivia with Simone and Michelle is always fun. Talking through best places to take great photos in Chicago. Y'all know that's up my alley. But one thing that is going to be on a lot of our minds but might not bring us an overwhelming sense of excitement, yes, March 19th is also primary election day in Illinois. We've been talking about the big local races on your ballot, and we've got more coming this month. But we wanted to remind you of some of those key election dates. Simone, please run us through the calendar for March. Jacoby, speak for yourself. I'm always excited about the election. I, I I I love election season. It's it's the time of year where we get to like learn all the stuff that we put off learning. So, you know, let's let's do it. Um <laughs> Some important dates coming up here in March uh, that we just want to remind you about. This is the last weekend to register to vote online. You can still register to vote in person through Election Day, but if you're not registered, now's the time to do it. Early voting, of course, has been ongoing at the downtown super sites, but early voting starts in all 50 wards this Monday. So if you want to, you know, if you don't have time or you're not sure what your election day is looking like, you know, see if your uh, your ward site is maybe going to be a better option. And if you're trying to vote by mail, March 14th is the last day to apply to do that. Mm-hmm. 
If you still got a bunch of questions, again, look forward to our episodes, but also look back. We've also talked about some low key races that people might not be talking about, like County Board of Review. We talked about the future of some of the referendums on our ballot, particularly bring Chicago home, what will or won't happen with that vote. And so stay tapped into all of our election coverage throughout the month of March and make sure you get ready for our election results episode. That's consistently some of our most listened to episodes every year. Us, us, y'all coming to us in the morning and being like, all right, what happened last night? Because I went to sleep. <laughs> I went to sleep. Uh, outside of those things, Michelle, anything else coming up in March you think people should, should keep in mind, put their radar on? Yeah, so a big thing is that CPS Spring Break starts March 25th. We have suggestions on our website for things to do with kids, whether they're yours or a close relative. And one thing that I love to do is check out, you know, Chicago Public Library's website. They always have a ton of programming. We love covering that on the show because there's just so much to do. A couple of things to do with kids. There is an embroidery basics uh, class for teens on March 25th at the Gage Park branch. There's Dungeons and Dragons. I put that in one there for you, Simone. I know. I know you did that just for me. <laughs> yes, I did that for you. Um, For teens, which I wish it wasn't just for teens because I would love to play with people who are learning because I've never played, but I, I want to. Should we, um, do that- a, should we do a how to play Dungeons and Dragons show? We could do it. <laughs> I think we should. I, I would play. I'd play. I feel like it would be so fun. <laughs> I actually think I would be really entertaining. I think you would be entertaining. You're usually yeah. entertaining. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Dungeons and Dragons for teens at the Woodson Regional Branch. Um, and But throughout the week, there's going to be tons of film screenings, book clubs, craft events, and learning new skills. Like, I found a Learn American Sign Language class, which is available to all ages, including kids and teens. And it's an online event. So, um, you don't have to worry about, you know, going somewhere. There's, there's a bunch of stuff that are available online. Uh, check out the Chicago Public Library website or just head to your local branch and talk to your librarian see what's up i think there's a bunch of stuff again for kids and if you don't have kids I was gonna say, and even if you ain't got no kids the chicago public library got a ton of things we got road trip ideas on our website mm-hmm. also it's good to know cps spring break because you know we ain't hating on the kids but it's gonna be more of them in the streets so you should know that last week to if you wondering wow these kids outside school is out school is out so you need to put that on your calendar yeah I don't like being in places when they're busy. So I try to get my stuff done throughout the week. And so, I mean, if you're trying to go on on a Monday or Tuesday to check out a live, uh, a museum or something mm-hmm. like that, and, and, and you see kids, that that's going to be why, because they're, they're going to be outside. Another big thing, right? Daylight savings time comes back March 10th, clock spring forward an hour. Um, so we lose an hour, right? Yep. We lose in an hour. Mm-hmm. So try to get some sleep. What happened to that legislation that was going to get rid of daylight savings? Like, we don't need it. We just all going to be on the same on the same thing. <laughs> on the same wavelength. <laughs> it was actually, yeah, it was going to move to daylight time all year round. There have been, right. uh, between like 2019 and 2023, there have been like five different bills proposed <laughs> in the General Assembly to, to, to do this, to get rid of the clock changes. Uh, and they just... They haven't gotten anywhere. Uh, this feels like something you really shouldn't be doing at like a state by state level. It feels like something that like we well, should so all. That's, be- so that's the thing is like the, so the states can like approve legislation, but Congress ultimately has to like mm-hmm. allow the state to do that. But there are states that, you know, don't change their clocks every there are states that do it like. Uh, you know, Arizona has some weird time stuff. I was going to say this ain't the only way you might be losing an hour in March. 
we also got construction on the Kennedy starting <laughs> back up in mid-March. Uh, so you can expect a lot of road work to start up in the coming weeks. Logan Square is, is one example of that. Yeah. So as construction picks up for its next phase, just sort of factor that into your, your morning commutes, your weekend plans. Just know the season of construction is back among us and will last for the next 10, 15, I don't know, 187 years. Who knows? Who knows? One thing I do know is I'm grateful for the time spent today with executive producer Samal Alisea. Thanks, Jacoby. And producer Michelle Navarro. Thanks, Jacoby. To keep up with all things March, the best thing for you to do, tap into our website and bookmark it now, chicago.citycast.fm. And for the latest news and events in your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday, subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago. Of course, I can't wrap this guide up without some good news. This weekend, catch first draft new works by Chicago dance makers at Lynx Hall. The showcase will feature 13 new works by 13 Chicago area choreographers. For a list of dancers and ticket link, head to the show notes. My homie Nura going to be performing, so shout out to Nura. As always, we appreciate you for listening, reading, signing up to become a member of CityCast Chicago, and being here bright and early tomorrow morning. We'll talk to you then. Especially you, Susie Shepard. Thank you so much for all your love and all your compliments. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Fun fact, my other uh, Jane, my other, my alternative Jane Byrne trivia was what is Jane Byrne's maiden name? Oh, what is it? Burke. (laughs) 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 That would have been a great one. Too many Burks after the Kathleen Burke, the judge who ruled against Bring Chicago Home came out. That was... Too many Burks. Burks and and Chicago, they got an interesting interesting history. (laughs) 